Welcome to the first episode of 2023. Before we get into the episode proper, just a couple of bits of housekeeping. Firstly, episodes may be a bit more sporadic this year, as I focus a bit more on quality rather than quantity. Trying to keep up with things was getting a bit difficult towards the end of last year, so hopefully the quality of episodes this year will make it worthwhile for you. Secondly, I want to encourage you to sign up to a newsletter. Myself and a group of amazing independent creators have joined forces to create the Pop Culture Collective, where we join together our superpowers to give you even more amazing content. So if you'd like to keep up to date with this show, and at the same time maybe find some more amazing creators that you'd love to listen to and read their content, just head to pccnewsletter.com. Welcome to the show where people share their passions. Everyone is geek about something. I'm your super dummy Paul on a mission to learn from people's experiences. This is Era of Geek. Today's show is a bit different in that we are going to hear from two people, a creative super duo behind the amazing new comic, Breath of Shadows, issue one of which is available now. Let's hear their journey and more about the book. Hi, my name is Rich Duek. I'm a writer. Uh, I write comics mainly. Um, I'm the writer of uh, Road of Bones, Sea of Sorrows, and uh, Breath of Shadows for IDW. I've also worked on, I'm working on um, Magic the Gathering for Boom. Uh, I've written The Ocean Will Take Us, and uh, I've done a little bit of work with uh, DC and Marvel. So just had a uh, Kang story come out in, in, uh, on Marvel Unlimited on the digital app. It's pretty cool. I've been writing comics for, I want to say about like 10 years now. Like if you take like from my very, very first scripts that, you know, very few people read to um, to today. So it uh, feels good to have like moved forward. I do have a day job. Uh, I work in advertising, um, but my, my, uh, my role at that job is a copywriter. So, uh, I am a writer, like one way or the other. Um, <laughs> but I think it's good because it, it, you know, when you do it for like a job, you kind of get in the habit of writing every day. And I think that's helped me a lot as far as discipline goes and being able to finish projects and things like that. Um, but also, I'm a, I am a huge, I guess, call it a geek or a nerd or something. I'm really into uh, Warhammer. I paint miniatures. Um, I love science fiction, fantasy, books, TV, comics. Um, I'm not like obsessive into like fandom, you know, like, uh, you know, I, I, I can, you know, I can talk about Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or Dune for like hours and hours on end, but I'm not like a uh, holder of like such strong opinions that I would like, you know, uh, go harass people on the internet about them. <laughs> they disagree with me or something. <laughs> uh, for me, like, it's all about like uh, enjoyment and like, you know, I enjoy what I enjoy and what I don't, I don't give any time to. So that's kind of how I, how I approach it. But yeah, I am uh a self-proclaimed geek. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I've fallen into this trap so many times. You kind of sometimes you feel like you you should be really into something. Like you have your corner and you should be like, this is my corner and I need to really yeah. push it. But sometimes it's just like it's okay to enjoy something and not have yeah. strong opinions over it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like if, if you're not enjoying it, then I kind of don't see the point in putting so much um, so much of yourself into it. You know what I mean? Like life's too short to be, you know, spending time with things that you hate <laughs> or piss you yeah. off. So it's like, you know, my, my thing is, it's like, if I don't, if I don't like, let's say, well, what's like a common thing you hear a lot nowadays is like, oh, like, you know, I can't stand uh, like what they're doing in X-Men nowadays or, or Spider-Man or whatever. And it's like, okay, well, you know, then don't read it. Go read, you know, th th there's plenty of X-Men and Spider-Man stories that I still love and, and don't mind rereading and stuff like that. And, but, and I'm not saying that I feel that way about uh, X-Men and Spider-Man to be, to be, <laughs> um, I'm just saying it's like when, if you look on like, you know, Twitter or YouTube or something, you know, you'll see people like ranting about that sort of thing. And it's like, okay, well then, you know, stop buying it. And mm -hmm. if enough people stop buying it, they'll change, they'll change the creative team and maybe you'll like that better, you know? Yeah. But um yeah, I think people sort of have a tendency to like kind of dig in their heels and, and, uh, you know, it's almost like it gives them something to talk about to like, you know, have like something that they're, you know, makes them angry, hmm. but I'm not like that. Where does your sort of history with geek culture start? Do you remember like the first thing that you geeked out about? Well, I mean, you know, it, it, it's a kind of a blurry line because it's like, I guess, you know, I, I was always into like, like when I was a kid, I was into comic books and cartoons and stuff like that. And, but I think that's, I wouldn't necessarily call that like geeking because I think like to a certain degree, most kids are into that sort of thing. Hmm. I think probably for me, it's more when um, I got a little bit older, like uh, started reading stuff that was like geared a little bit more toward like a little more like mature stuff. But I think probably like the very first thing was probably lord of the rings and the hobbit like uh you know that was like i read those when i was like a young teenager and just sort of got into it the way i never got into anything before and that led me into um dungeons and dragons that was like really big when i was you know around the same age like i remember like I would, um, you know, I didn't, it, it's like anyone who's played Dungeons and Dragons knows that it's kind of hard to get a game together. And that's like, uh, these days when like, you know, it's, it's a huge part of like culture, you know, millions of people are playing it. Like back when I was getting into it, there was like, maybe you could count on your, on, on your two hands, the number of kids in my school that were, they were into it. And like, you know, luckily we found each other, but, and, and we're able to play and, and had a lot of great experiences with that, but at the same time, like, uh, I bought all the books and, um, you know, would read them like obsessively, like stuff that like we never even like, um, uh, encountered in the actual like adventures. Like, I, like, you know, I, I knew like all the monsters in the monster manual and like, you know, and like all the obscure ones. And like, here we are, we're mostly fighting orcs and, and dragons and stuff like that. So, so yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah. So forget Lord of the Rings, but like D&D &D is probably the first thing I was like super like um, 
you know, like nerdy and geeky about because I really did um, engage with the material and just like, like I like had to, it was almost like felt like I had to know everything about it. You know what I mean? So like it, there was like, you know, I remember there was this book called like, uh, it was like the Wilderness Survival Guide. I think that's what it was called. But it was all rules about like, oh, well, like, you know, if you're, if you want your adventuring party to be like caught in like bad weather, or, like, or like how many days they can go without food and stuff like that. And like, you know, like we were like a bunch of like young teenagers. So it's like, like for us, it was like, we would never ever use those rules because it was like just a whole other layer of like getting in the way of us, like fighting stuff and, and, you know, and getting treasure and stuff like that. Um, but I still bought the book and I still like, you know, read it and like, you know, I don't know, just like poured through it. Like I, you know, knew, knew all those rules, even though we never used them. So, mm. yeah. Sounds like it was just as much about the whole, the world, the setting, the whole thing around yeah. it is just as much as playing it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, and it also kind of something that I think plays into a lot of what I like to do when I, when I write is like, I uh, get really into like uh, world building, you know, um, and thinking about like a lot of stuff that I might not necessarily use in the actual story, but like, I kind of, need my like my brain kind of needs to know it in order to to write the story you know or or maybe not needs but like likes to you know likes to kind of think about all that stuff like um like the first book first comic i wrote was called uh, gutter magic and it was um kind of like a a magical setting in in the real world um but before i even wrote uh the first page i had like almost a notebook full of like, you know, this is how magic works. And this is, these are the, you know, different, um, you know, factions in, in the city wow. and, and like all this stuff that like, it was just sort of part of my, my process of like getting that book done was like doing a lot of like background work. So how did you get started then doing um, writing comic books? Well, it's funny. Like I, I, uh, I spent a lot of time as a, uh, frustrated would-be novelist <laughs> you know <laughs> like uh i had in my head that i really wanted to write like uh um gutter magic like as as like you know it was like going to be a novel or like i had a lot of other ideas for stories and what i would do was i would start writing um and then like you know a quarter of the way through or halfway through i would just kind of run out of steam because you know writing a novel you know, nano remo. Regardless, it's like it's still a lot of work. You know, like you're talking about like a hundred thousand words or, or more. You know, or more. And like, just I didn't really know what I was doing, and I didn't have like kind of like the discipline to like you know, just sort of push through um, the hard parts to you know just sort of let it flow. So I had a lot of these like really false starts, and um, just wasn't really getting anywhere. But um, I started reading more comics and just sort of thinking like, well, you know, this is a medium I love and um, writing prose, I seem to be having trouble with. I wonder 
how it would be if I tried out script writing. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe I'll, you know, I didn't know if it would work out or not, but I thought, you know, let me, let me give it a try. And, uh, so I wrote a short comic, well, it, was, it was like five pages and then decided like, well, I invested the time in writing it. So let me, let me get it illustrated. So I found, uh, I found, a, an artist to work with online and, uh, when he started sending me uh, the the pages, I was like, "Oh, this is amazing!" You know, it was like such like a good feeling to kind of see something I wrote rendered and like it feeling um, complete. So, uh, so I took that all the way, and then I did that a few more times, just like working on short things. Like some of it was my own stuff, some of it was short stories and anthologies that you know I submitted and stuff like that, and and eventually just started writing more and more and and longer stuff too. And then um, just got to the point where um, I could, you know, consistently write like a good, good miniseries and, and just started putting those out. You make it sound so easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it took like a number of years and, and a lot of, you know, um, I mean, like a lot of like rejection, like, you know, like for all the stories that um, I have out, like, you know, um, my first the first horror story I did with IDW um, was called Road of Bones. And it's kind of like a companion piece to Breath of Shadows, which is coming out uh, next week and then uh, and Sea of Sorrows. But like Road of Bones got rejected by pretty much every publisher out there. Oh, really? You know? uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, one said it was too dark. Uh, too, or too grim, let's say. Uh, some of them I didn't hear back from at all. You know, some of them uh, were just like, "Oh, it's just not a great fit." And and it's funny because like, you know, rejection is part of of being a professional writer, you know, or artist, or or, or anyone in the creative field. It's like you know, you you um, you have ideas, and if you want to work with a publisher it's not always or or you know if you're in the um movie industry and you want to work with a studio or whatever it's like it's it's not always going to be like a good fit so you kind of have to get used to it but you know when you're you have these kind of like low points where it's like it just feels like everything is getting rejected and nobody wants to work with you and like um and that's kind of what happened to me with the road of bones is like i got a uh a rejection and i was just like and it was like maybe the sixth or, or seventh or something and i was just like okay you know what like i'm not saying i'm done but i think i need to take a break because i can't really take these like constant blows to my ego you mm -hmm. know i was like i was like you know i think i just need to you know finish what i have on my on my plate and then I'm just not going to do it. Like, I'm, you know, I'm going to take like, uh, like a year or, or something and not even worry about comics because, or, and maybe, you know, maybe longer just because I was just kind of fed up. And then, and then the next day I got an email from IDW saying that they love me to do it. So I don't know, you know, it's like, it, it's a weird, it's one of those things. Like it sounds like, it sounds fake, you know what I mean? Like it sounds yeah. like 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 that. It's like the kind of uh, like if you were watching a movie about a struggling writer, like that's how it would work out, you know what I mean? But it 
that's really what it was. And, you know, and um, it's, you know, and I'm glad that it happened that way because that I felt was like a major turning point because then once Road of Bones came out, it, you know, got very popular and that led to doing Sea of Sorrows, that led to doing a lot more stuff. Mm. So, so I'm glad that I, you know, <laughs> didn't, uh, you know, I'm glad that I saw the email that day and, and you know, and, and like went through with it and everything. So, and of course, Alex is the illustrator, all three of them. Hi, my name is Alex Cormack. Uh, I'm an illustrator on a bunch of books, but the newest one coming out is Breath of Shadows from IDW, written, written by Rich Duick and drawn by me. I, I live here in uh, um, New England in uh, Vermont, and uh, I'm a father of uh, my boy, he's six years old, and uh, married with my wife, Ashley, who does the coloring for the book. Awesome. I like to watch movies, I, I like to play uh, uh, the guitar and the piano and uh, other instruments like that. Um, uh, long walks on the beach, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like sunsets, but sunrises are nice too. <laughs> How about geek culture then? Where where were your interests in geek culture? Oh my lord, um, it's it's been my whole life, you know. Um, you know, it's it's something I've been like I said, my whole life. I've you know grew up looking at comics, um, looking at um, I mean, and also like you say, geek culture. Like uh, there's so much. That's a huge net to throw out there, right? So I mean, I could go into like talking about comic books. I could talk about movies. I could talk about music. Uh, um. I mean, hell, they can go into sports. You can talk about geek stuff with that. Uh, you talk about just, it's, it's, I always think of it as kind of like a uh, derogatory term of just like, a derogatory term of just like, I'm really into these particular things that somebody else probably made up. <laughs> and um, it wasn't my idea, but I think it's fun. And just kind of jumping into that and adding to it uh, and doing whatever you can with it. Um, I mean, there's certain things I'm a bigger fan of than other things. Some things I'm kind of like, oh, that's that's interesting. Like, uh, like uh, say, like I might like this superhero more than this superhero. I like this uh, type of story more than this type of story. But um, yeah, uh, more often than not, I I try to keep an open mind on a lot of things. And uh, if I dig it, great. If I don't, you know, so what? You know, I still got the other ones. <laughs> and uh, at least I learned something new, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, for myself though, I mean, like, um, like art was always basically surrounding me my whole life. Who I was, like, uh, like even like growing up, like uh, the I was always a kid drawn in the back of the class, right? Um, like my my interest in art started like in uh, I wouldn't even say it was in preschool. And uh, when I the story goes, uh, uh, we we were like playing as little kids. I wanted to play with the trucks. Uh, but my teacher was like, oh, no, we're doing drawings right now. And we just read a book about this, like the zoo or whatever. So we're drawing animals. I'm like, fine. Give me a piece of paper. Friends. <laughs> there's your there. Here's a monkey. I'm going to go play. And um, and the teacher took it. And it, she was like, oh, this kid's actually pretty good. <laughs> she told that teacher told my parents. My parents were like, hey, you know, this is something we let's uh, let's kind of pursue this. Let's kind of play around this. And I was like, all right, whatever. And uh, but since then, um, I've been really into art. I've been taking like classes since I was a kid. Um, I went to school for art. Um, but so when, like when I went to school, I went into uh, I started with fine, uh, fine arts. Discovered I'm not smart enough for fine arts, so I switched over to uh, photography. 
of photography morphed into doing illustration. Illustration then turned into animation. That's what I graduated doing. I uh, tried animation for a couple of years, and then that turned into back into illustration, into what I'm doing now. So yeah, art has been following me since, since at least since preschool. Wow. You know, when people say like, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Um, it was never like, gee, I don't know. It was always artist, something with mm-hmm. art. Like, uh, I don't know which direction, but art is going to be involved somehow because I'm not, that, that was like always the good, the thing I was really good at. Like if I was going to be accountant, I'd be the worst, you know, if you want me to be like a construction guy, I'd be awful, you know, um, even like, uh, like any, any other job, like it's, that's not too good. You know, uh, just shy of like, can you sweep the floor? Uh, I'd still miss a spot, but art, I was always really good at and yeah. It was kind of a do or die with that. I'm still doing it. So I must be doing something right. I'm talking to you. So (laughs) (laughs) no, that's awesome. So, so that was your kind of startings with art. Then how about your startings with sort of geek culture? Like, do you remember your first, your first geeky moment? I remember being called out. uh, This is the first thing that popped in my head. So um, when I was a kid, like this is uh, like, uh, like early nineties, late eighties, early nineties. Uh, my brother, who's five years older than me, uh, he was always really big into comic books. And uh, I remember, uh, like, my first getting into comics was, like, the Sunday papers, um, where it would be, like, uh, I would be reading Garfield or Farsight or Calvin and Hobbes or you know, those type of comics. Were that, And that's, in my head, That's I was assuming that's probably what I'm going to be doing as a career when I grow up. This is kind of what I want to do. But then, um, I would, but then I discovered comics because my brother would leave them on the floor in his bedroom and i would sneak in there when he was out and i'll be like all right what are these things and i'll sit down and flip through all these and i was like oh these are really good and everything and that way that then when like uh the like the x-men cartoon show came out and the uh batman and the animated series i thought i was like oh i got a leg up on everybody because i know i've been looking at these comics forever and uh and i just remember at one point i don't know why i popped in my head but somebody's talking about like uh some little trivia thing and I remember doing the very typical, well, actually, in a comic book. <laughs> and it's actually this. And I remember them just going, I don't care about the comics. I'm talking about the, the cartoon. You lay off on the comics. And that's that was kind of a, oh, I'm kind of, all right. <laughs> this is a this is a different thing for me now, all right. <laughs> but, um, but no, I mean, yeah, it's, all that stuff is just kind of like when I was little, like, uh, like, I mean, you know, like everybody else, I, I dug like Star Wars, I, like Indiana Jones is still my favorite movies. Um, and so all that stuff just kind of always revolved around me. And but it was just kind of like I, I, I never thought of it like really as like key culture. It's just stuff I'm into, hmm. you know, like, um, you know, I like as much as people would be like into sports, I was just into this stuff. And it was just that's the way it is. that's yeah, it, it's been around my whole life, you know. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's kind of like saying what when was the first time you enjoyed like uh, a hamburger like hamburgers <laughs> my whole life I don't I don't know <laughs> you know what I mean yeah no, absolutely absolutely makes sense so was that kind of why you moved your sort of flow in art changed the way it did is to sort of match the interests in like animation and comic books and you kind of flowed through them I've always been able to be like a chameleon in art like. Mm. Um, 
Uh, if you want to, if you want to draw something that's for like, uh, like more cartoony, sure, no problem. If you try to draw something more serious or horrific, sure, no problem. Like, um, uh, for example, I've been uh, there's a book out uh, now uh, called Ninja Funk, and um, and I've done a bunch of uh, variant covers for them, but they've been all over the map, and a lot of them are homage covers, right? So like, I've been drawing those characters as like Super Mario style, or I'll draw them in like more of a uh, like Neil, uh, uh, Neil Adams type of style or, uh, or like a Jim Lee style, or then I'll go and do a more, um, uh, like a legends of Zelda or something like that, or uh, a Mickey mouse or something like that. You know, it's, um, yeah. so it's kind of like this, I know how to do it. I can, uh, go this route, go this route. Uh, the, when you look at the, uh, like something like breath of shadows, that's the style I enjoy doing the most. Okay. Um, nothing against the other, like, uh, like cartooning is the quickest like that's almost like writing you know like if i'm gonna like if you look at the layouts in the for the series they all look like something out of like you know jim davis sat down to these or something like that or they're just they're really kind of the big eyes and like that just super cartoony and then i just morph that into how it looks in the book it's more of just like all right what's the story what's the story about and what fits with that story right like if it's a um if I, if I was going to do a reversion of like Three Little Pigs, that might look a little different than uh, what I did in, say, Breath of Shadows, right? Um, and it's just kind of like, all right, what's the best way to represent what the story, what is trying to be put across, right? It was funny with comics, as I mean, I've always liked comics and all that. And, um, and how I kind of got into doing this more than like anything else was I, I was doing animation for a while nothing was happening with it I, I played festivals i won a couple of awards but like for example i made a uh a christmas cartoon basically uh, no, not basically uh, by myself with my wife helping and um and she like did like paint, like color the backgrounds and that type of thing and uh, and i did like all this animation did this spent an entire year on it half hour cartoon about it was a christmas cartoon it was about santa claus and his evil brother lives in the south pole and worked for the entire year, it's like this is going to be the thing that gets me going. Put it out in the world, great. Made a total of twenty dollars wow. <laughs> for a year's worth of work. And I was like, all right, I this animation thing's not going to be working anymore. I gotta, I gotta figure out something else. And um, but the nice thing is, what happened was I kind of realized, all right, the storyboards is what I really dug doing the most out of all this was kind of putting the story together like that. So I started thinking about comics, and um, and what happened was. Uh, uh, my brother got word that uh, uh, Jim Zub was uh, promoting uh, Skull Kickers at the time, and uh, he was at a comic shop, and they were going to do a. Uh, they, they were basically like, "Hey, if you want to do some like fan art or whatever, bring it in. We'll check it out." And he, my brother's like, "You should do this and say hello, and that way at least meet someone in this business." And I figured, well, what am I going to lose? Sure, whatever. I did a couple of drawings, brought them in the thing. I was like, hi, whatever, you know, the book's great and everything. I did these drawings and uh, nice to meet you. And then hung out there for a little bit. With, and it was, it was kind of like a little mini party. There's a bunch of people there. But what I didn't know was it was supposed to be a competition. And I won. And I, I it was just, you know, lucky. And um, and so what happened was then I was in the back of this uh, Skull Kickers number five and this nice big pinup. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. And then um, um, uh, now a friend of mine, uh, Enrica Jang, uh, she's uh, the head of uh, 
uh, publishing company, Red, uh, Red Style Media, and she was about to put out an anthology about uh, Edgar Allan Poe stories, but like with a twist on them. It was Poe Twisted. And at that point, I met her, and she's like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this. And I said, well, I'm an image-published uh, artist here, and not kind of downplaying that I got put in the back in my competition and everything. <laughs> but I've been published by Image Comics, and uh, I would love to take a look at it. And she's like, oh, wow, oh, great. So um, so then I got a story with her, and then which ended up being two stories. And then that kind of snowballed, meeting this company, meeting these people, meeting this and this, and then like becoming friends with Rich, with uh, another group, uh, Comics Tribe, and then – it just snowballed into I'm still doing it, and it's been a blast, you know. Like uh, earlier today, I was drawing uh, like like I was working on issue five of Breath of Shadows, drawing people like in a jungle. I'm like this is the best, you know. This is <laughs> this this beats uh, you know, like you know my like old jobs I had like being a, a courier or bagging groceries or <laughs> stuff like that, you know. Not nothing against uh, bagging groceries for all the grocery. I hear you, fellas, but. <laughs> No, it must be it must be great just being able to do the thing that you love. Oh, I I, I don't I absolutely don't take it for granted a, a bit. It's I I'm super lucky. I know this could all fall apart at any any day, so I, I enjoy it as much as I can while I'm able to continue doing this, and, and hopefully that'll be for a long, long, long time. Yeah. It's like I said, I can't do anything else. So. <laughs> <laughs> Alex and I, um, we were friends for, for a while because we've both uh, been working with uh, this smaller publisher called Comics Tribe. Um, they put it, they were putting out at the time um, a book called Wailing Blade by me and my friend Joe Mulvey. And uh, with Alex and my friend John Lees, they were putting out a book called Sync, which was a horror book. So, you know, Alex and I, we would see each other at New York Comic Con every year because we were both kind of involved with comic shy we we're friendly uh so we would hang around hang around their their booth at the convention there would be like get-togethers afterwards who would hang out so we were just like friends and um you know i i knew him as a very very talented artist and you know somebody that i wanted to work with but i just didn't really you know know what i would do because i i knew him as like um you know like a horror artist and i didn't really have any horror pitches i always is doing more like uh, fantasy science fiction stuff but um i had this idea for road of bones and so just road of bones is about a a prison break it's uh these three guys in a siberian gulag and they escape into the tundra and you know bad things happen to them out there uh, but originally i had been kind of just researching prison breaks because i thought oh you know like i love prison break stories maybe i can like tell one on like you know a space station or something you know like uh, it was just like i had it in my head that i was going to write like a science fiction story a fantasy story with like a prison break element so i was researching prison breaks and i was reading about uh just what went on in the gulag and, and just i was like this is so extreme and so crazy and i was like and i don't think anyone's ever to my knowledge like told a horror story in that milieu before and i was like i was like i don't think i need the you know to, I don't think I need to take it out of uh, out of Siberia. I think that there's like a lot of like rich stuff here and, and a lot of history that people may not be familiar with because, you know, there's this big kind of separation between like, um, you know, the uh, 
like what we learn as history over here in, in America and, mm. and, and the West and what, you know, people know as history in, um, in Russia and stuff because, because of the cold war, you know, like, like a, a lot of the history we're taught, we were taught when I was a kid, you know, it was like colored a lot by like, you know, um, propaganda and stuff. So, mm. so it was just sort of like reading all of that was just completely new to me. Like I had never heard this stuff before and I, and I, and I, was willing to bet that a lot of people um in my audience wouldn't have either so i was like this is like a really great setting um and then but to get back to alex like i had i had worked this up and and i i knew what i wanted the story to be so i had written like a short pitch and, and i just the next time we saw each other at new york comic-con i just said hey man i have this idea you know, looking at the stuff you've been doing recently, I think you'd be like perfect for it. And, and it could be, you know, a really awesome book. So uh, he took a read. I, you know, I, 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 I told him what the idea was. He loved it. And then it was just sort of off to the races. He had this book. He had the idea for Road of Bones kicking around. And um, and as he said that uh, he saw uh, work I did with our friend John Lees. And uh, we have a book called Sync. And uh, he flipped through that and he's like, oh, it, I could do horror pretty well. Like, and he thought that'd be a good fit for Road of Bones. So at one show, he just kind of uh, pulled me aside and said, hey, listen, I got this idea for a story. I want to tell you about it. Uh, it's Road of Bones. It's, uh, and he told, it gives me the elevator pitch. And, and uh, as I said the other day, like, dude, even if, even if you just want me to staple the books together, I want to be a part of this. This sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever, whatever you want me to do. So, um, so what he would, what he did was we were trying to figure out a uh, pitch kit. He sent me the script mm. and, uh, we were kind of going through it and we're trying to think, all right, let's bang out like five, six pages from this and see what we can do. And the thing is we were like, well, we could do the first, like a lot of times, like a lot of people do like the first five pages and, and that's great and all, but it was like, well, this is like, that's fine. But like the majority of the story is them out in the wilderness, only like the first half of this uh, issue one is them actually in like the school log in the prison and so if we did the first five pages it wouldn't be representing what the story would really be right mm -hmm. so um so we decided like all right well we'll just jump ahead to page like whatever it was like 14 or something and we'll just start and we'll just do those five pages in a row starting from there so they've already like uh escaped the gulag but now they're out in the wilderness in the snow and and I was like, perfect. This is great. I get to draw big, huge, snowy fields and mountains and all the stuff. And, and like I said, I live in Vermont. And um, and if you don't know, like outside my window right now is a foot of snow. And uh, it's just it's snow here all the time. And uh, so I like uh, a lot of those backgrounds I was uh, like drawing. It was like on the it was the view from driving my son to preschool at the time. Like I drove past these mountains and I was like, all right, I'll draw these mountains. I'll just cut off all the trees. And then uh, there you go. So like all like the lighting tricks I did and all that was just driving him to preschool and be like, I'll oh, see the, yeah, look at the, okay, I'll use that over there and this over here. And I'll just transfer that over when I get back home. But uh, so, yeah, so we, we drew those five, uh, like five or six pages, whatever it was. And, um, but yeah, but I mean, it was pretty straightforward because the script was like, you know, page, whatever, Panel one, we get uh, they're trudging through the snow, and panel two, so and so says like, you know, hey, you hurry up. Panel three, the other guy says, I'm doing my best. Panel four, he shrugs. Panel five, they keep walking. 
So then it's like, all right, so like, let's see how we're going to do this. So we're going to do like, a, let's do like a big panel up top so we can kind of see where we are. Um, and, you know, just establishing shot. Um, we'll uh, get some close-ups in there to see who's talking, you know. Um, make sure that all the angles are right so you don't get like messed up with like the 180-degree rule and all that. And um, and just, yeah, just little tricks like that. And so, yeah, so basically you said like, this is what I, this is, here's this idea. And the nice thing with Richie wasn't like, I want a, uh, you know, a, like a bird's eye view of this. I want this. I need this character to be five steps ahead of this guy. That Like, he just said, all right, they're walking in the snow. Why draw them to walk in the snow? <laughs> all right. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so it's kind of like, um, it, it's almost like, like he, like, he put out the, like, the script, and now I got to go out and like all right what do they wear like be, like basically make a movie of it i gotta direct the scene i gotta figure out what the characters gonna look like so i gotta do casting I gotta get the costumes i gotta do like any environment stuff and like all that type of thing what's the lighting gonna be like uh they're in the snow is it snowing is it not snowing if it's not snowing why not why isn't it snowing this is sun out like all that type of stuff and but i i love it it's so much fun and um and it's it's a lot of the stuff that i learned doing animation hmm. i can now throw it to doing this but i don't have to worry about their arm going you know or anything like that i can just they're just standing there now and i can just relax <laughs> yeah yeah no because i was going to say because it definitely sounds like it you've managed to find a way to you know not put all those years of training to waste you know you or Abe. oh yeah no i mean yeah every, everything that I've, I've learned through the like like uh even like when i studied fine arts i've uh, put some fine art stuff into um like just, like the backgrounds like all right how are we gonna do this type of stark background are they get like um um there, there was a scene in the book uh sync that i draw which i was like all right it's supposed to be real crazy dreamy so i did like all right let's try to make this like a cubist background you know and do it that way and uh but yeah i mean all that all that stuff kind of sticks together and it works out into it's kind of like yeah, it just all kind of conglomerates and into and it pukes out into these books. <laughs> I mean, there's like there's even like little drawing ticks I learned from like uh, like you know uh, Gary Larson that I still put into all this stuff or like or like Bill Watterson with Calvin Hobbs like um, like oh he did his line like this I'm gonna do it like and it's just it's just a part of it you know. And then we just started shopping around and like i already said that was you know a bit of a chore but but <laughs> once we get picked up um you know idw is very supportive of it i think uh, it kind of um did a lot better than they thought it might um our first issue went to three printings and all the others went to two so they were like oh you know this worked out really well do you guys have anything else you want to do and um alex and i have been talking about it and he wanted to do a book he wanted to do two books he wanted to like do one set on the ocean and one set in the jungle so i was like all right let's, uh, let's think about the ocean and that's uh you know that's how we landed on sea of sorrows and then once that did well also they were like what else you got and i was like all right jungle and that's where we're all with our breath of shadows which is you know the majority of it takes place uh in the jungles of uh, south america yeah i told them i was like you know i i totally i always want to do something in the snow and uh 
and I, I was so happy to do this. And I said, yeah, the only, like, I always wanted to do something else on the ocean and something in like a, you know, like a jungle or whatever. And he's like, oh, okay. And, and typical, which like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll be right back. And he's like, okay, here's the story. So I'm like, great. <laughs> but yeah, it was like, I remember being on the phone with him. Like, I think issue four of uh, Road of Bones was like, we were just, I was like in the middle of it. And like it was, it was getting a good response. I'm like, dude, we gotta get a follow up going quick. And he's like, well, what were, what were those other things you want to do? Like, I don't know, the ocean or jungle. I was like, yeah, all right, let's well, see, let's see what I can do. And he came back. He's like, I got this, uh, this ocean story. I'm like, perfect, let's go. It is a real sort of partnership because a lot of the time it's like the writer comes up with the ideas and the settings and everything. But the two, because even he said that he hadn't necessarily had horror on mind until he was thinking about you. And then he started thinking about horror stories. It's definitely a real a partnership between the two of you to create these settings. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, yeah it's, it's absolutely a partnership. I mean, you know, for my sake, I couldn't do what I'm doing without Rich coming up with these stories and all that. And, but uh, yeah, it's funny you said it. Cause I know he was always a fantasy guy. Like he always wanted to do like uh, more fantasy stories and this one just kind of it just worked out as more of a horror story. He said, "All right, I'll go that." Then it 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 you know it did well. So now he's kind of like a like a horror label, and he's like, "Oh, I he's not upset. I don't think he's upset about it." He's like, "All right, I guess I'm doing this now." All right, <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's not a bad thing. It's uh, let's go. But I, yeah, I think it was like his first like kind of like you know dipping his toe into horror was that was Road of Bones. But uh, but yeah, I mean yeah, as a partnership and all that because. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll think like, oh, like, what if like this thing kind of looks like this or this or, and, but it's, it's, it's super easy going because he'll be like, I have this idea, uh, like for this one, uh, rock stars and uh, it's going to be the late sixties, be rock stars and they'll put them in like, uh, the jungles of like, you know, uh, like, you know, like uh, Mexico, South America, Central America, basically. And he's like, there's the pitch. And my feedback was, yeah, great. Yeah, well, I love it. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> it wasn't like hemming and hawing, like, oh, what about this? Or, oh, I like the Rockstar thing. What if they were like, uh, like, no, it was just like, yeah, sounds great. I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> so we're both, we're both easy going on that. It kind of like grew into that because we worked so well together uh, on Road of Bones. Like, it, you know, it wasn't just like a successful book in terms of, you know, um, in terms of sales or whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. it was really successful in terms of Alex and I found that we work really well together. You know, like um, I think by, by the final issue, we were, we were like just very much into a groove where um, we were just, you know, able to bounce ideas off each other and, and, and talk about the story and, and things like that. And um he might be reading the script and and have like a tweak or, or you know like how about this and that you know talk about it and be like oh yeah that, that's awesome love it you know and i think it just made made the book a lot better so again so when we by the time we were doing sea of stars we were already much more uh collaborative than we were like at the very very beginning where it was just sort of like you know here's the script and okay i'll draw it you know so and I think like every every story we do, we get a little more in sync and a little more, um, I guess, like vibing with each other. And it just makes the stories like a lot better. So, yeah, I mean, like he, Alex is somebody I want to be creating with like uh, 
for the rest of my life if I can, you know, just because uh, we, we, I think we do really good work. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, both of your styles and techniques seem to just fit each other so well. You both mm-hmm. know how to let each other breathe, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like there are times when it's going to be all about the art and there are times when it's going to be all about the writing and it, it just makes the whole thing a pleasure to read. It's absolutely amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, it's funny. Like I think one of the things we do, especially with like um, in the, the horror medium, it's like, you know, I'll be writing something and I'll be like, you know, like uh, feel a little bad that I'm going to be like grossing Alex out with like what I'm asking. Him to do. <laughs> and then, uh, and then he'll be like, all right, well, here it is. And then and then he'll kind of gross me out with the way he drew it. <laughs> Almost like we're kind of low-key, like trying to like one up each other with like uh every little every little scenario. Like he'll I'll be like, ah, you know, like you know, when I when I when I when I tell Alex about a scene and like he writes back, like, I can't believe you want me to draw this, like that's like the greatest feeling. And then he'll show it to me and I'll be like, I can't believe you drew this. And I think it feels really good for him. <laughs> I mean, we have a partnership that's been going on for so long. I I imagine your kind of script writing is not, shall we say, how a normal person would do it. You must have sort of your own shorthand and you like, do you go into detail anymore or do you just say, this is the kind of thing I want? You know? Yeah. It, it varies. It's like, I mean, I think in every script you have things that, you need to go into detail on and then there are things that you don't need to go into detail on. Um, a lot of that is about trust. Like there, there's plenty of scenes where like I trust Alex to, you know, pick, pick the right angle, pick the right, you know, um, things like that. So when, when I write scripts for Alex, when I write scripts in general, um, and I know the artist kind of has, experience and stuff like that i'll i'll i like to leave space for them to make choices as well because i feel like number one it's just respectful of of the skill that they have you know Mm. um like i don't uh i don't lay any claim to like saying i know how to lay out a page better than uh, someone who's studied like visual storytelling you know so i respect that but i also want them to feel like uh like a contributor and a collaborator i want them to bring their best work to the table i want them to think about and put put thought into like what's what what they're putting on the page so i don't want like um you know and it's funny to say it this way because of all the ai stuff going on but like i don't want like an art robot spitting out exactly what i say like i I want um the artist to to bring something to the table so my my scripts um you know are way looser than like you know it's an alan moore script or something you know hmm. this is very famous for like getting you know, down to the down to like every single detail yeah um but that being said i mean there, there are certain things where like you know if i think it's complicated and i'm not 100 sure how to explain what i want like you know the, the panel descriptions could go on you know until i feel that it's like clear so um but yeah definitely like as time has gone on with, with scripts with Alex, um, there it's definitely feels more of like a, a script for him as opposed to like 
a script that anyone could draw. Cause like I might drop in a note saying like, Alex, uh, you know, you know how you do those, uh, evil grins, like, give me, you know, give me one of your classic evil grins here or like something like that. He's you good know. at evil grins. He is. <laughs> there's, a, there's a really good one in like pretty much every, uh, <laughs> every story, uh, that we've done together. I don't know. I guess I'm a fan of them too. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious, mostly for me, this is, I don't know if this will make the end, but just for me, do you do pen and pencil still? Or are you on digital? Uh, yeah. So what I'll do is I'll kind of sketch it out by hand with uh, pen and pencil and uh, or pen, uh, just pencil and paper. And I'll kind of, you know, do all layouts that way, the old fashioned way. Yeah. And um, excuse me. But, um, but what I'll do is, um, I'll then go from there and uh but yeah the uh the drawing like the inking and all that is on the computer and uh but it goes back to my animation days where uh everything is all the inking is done in uh what was called flash like old like flash animation yeah, you remember like the yeah. uh in like the 2005 era like the uh frog in the blender or whatever or homestar runner all the, all that stuff all those yeah. early youtube cartoons like that's what i'm drawing all this stuff in and uh it's now called adobe animate but um but all my inking is all done in that in that program, and um, and then what I'll do is I'll I'll draw it all from there, and then I'll put chuck it into Photoshop, and then I'll add in like special effects like shading or like splatter and a lot of type of stuff, and and like the splatter I do is like uh, I have like a, a bunch of files on my uh, computer where it's like splatter I did myself, scanning the computer, and I've been using that. So uh, some of that splatter is from like two thousand. Eight, type of thing, and um, but yeah, but that's how uh, that's how I'll draw it, and um, and so and the reason why solely it's uh, if I draw somebody's hand too small or their head too small, something like that, it takes two seconds to, mm. or I'll just grab it and resize it, opposed to let's erase it, let's draw it all over again. No, it's still not right. Okay, let's do it. I never have to worry about buying, going out and buying paper. I don't have to worry about like running out of ink or anything like that. Uh, which is funny because my wife owns a. Uh, uh, owns an art store here in town. All right. and obviously, this would be ideal, but here I am. <laughs> <What are you? laughs> um, but yeah, so it's uh, it's it's still uh, yeah. So it's it starts off uh, like pencil and paper, and but then it just turns into drawing on the computer. And I mean, it's all still done by hand, and mm. it's done the same way. It's just you know, I've, it's just a different tool of using it. You know, like it's uh. Yeah, it's just it just makes it like a little bit quicker. That's yeah. the only reason why I do it this way. Yeah, no, I was just curious because obviously a lot of artists now are moving more towards digital. Um, and just for uh, me personally, I I was re I read all um, both the previous books earlier, and obviously I've got the preview for the third one. Um, and just your art style just fits it so well. And I, I was sort of looking in, like really trying to look in because although it, as you say, you use digital, yours. It, it feels like your touch is still there. Yeah, you, you have to have some personality in there. Otherwise, it's, you know, you don't want it to be too stiff. You don't want it to look too pristine or anything like that. Or, you know, you got to, so as my friend uh, uh, always tells, you got to put, always put a little crappiness in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just give it, give it some life, you know. And, um, but thank, thank you very much for saying that because that's always a worry that's like, you know, since I am drawn on the computer and all that, like, I don't want it to look like, you know, but I, like I don't want to look like Pixar, you know, or anything mm -hmm. like that. So I wanted to, it's I wanted to make sure it still looks like, and hey, I'm doing this by hand, you know, that type of thing, you know. 
Yeah. Like it's uh, I'm not doing like uh, jumping on like AIR or whatever and just be like, hey, uh, give me a jungle click. And I thank you for my jungle. And there we go. And we'll chuck some guys on top of that, you know? Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, yeah, if uh, I mean, granted, I'm using the computer, but you don't want to have too much of a computer to look to it. So, yeah, coming to the latest book, Breath of Shadows, which I got a sneaky, sneaky peek from, um, which looks amazing. And I can't wait for it to come out. Um, where did where did the idea come from? Because, as you say, it was, you know, he said jungles. Um, but it was up to you to piece the rest together. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it, it's funny, like when, when we, uh, when we did Sea of Sorrows, um, it could have gone a couple of ways, you know, like we, we could have decided to do Road of Bones 2, the sequel, and, you know, they probably would have um, liked it and, and published it or something, but we didn't really want to do that because I kind of feel like, we said what we wanted to say um, and we didn't want to kind of have that thing where uh, it's common in a lot of horror franchises where like number two is okay. Number three, not so good. You know, it's just sort of like the more you kind of uh, go with the same premise, the more you, you know, the fewer places you can go with it. So what we decided to do with Sea of Sorrows was kind of, I guess you call it like a spiritual sequel or, or, or a companion piece, like, you know, mm. where it was going to be completely new characters, completely new setting, but there were going to be um, a lot of like threads of connection in terms of like the theme and um, the setting. Like we knew we wanted to set it historically and like, you know, uh, a period we wanted to talk about um, the psychological aspect of horror of like, you know, how, people push to extreme in extreme situations can kind of sometimes be just as if not more horrific than uh you know anything supernatural we could dream up and then that was kind of the same idea with uh with breath of shadows so like i said i had the jungle to go on and i knew i wanted to do we were going to be historical so i was pretty interested in doing something in the era of like the 60s um because it was such like a, a volatile time and such like a you know, a, really like a time of like, you know, huge sweeping changes in like, you know, our country and all over the world. And and so the unavoidable thing in the 60s is, you know, Vietnam, you know, that's the jungle. Like, you know, we could have very easily like done like a Vietnam War story, but I've seen a lot of Vietnam War stories and, and read a lot of Vietnam War stories. And, and I think they're great. I just didn't want to do something that... um had been done so many times before so um i was thinking like you know what was going on in that time and 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 for some reason i started thinking about the beatles going to um india and having this spiritual awakening with the maharishi and coming back and you know preaching like peace and love and, and all that stuff and um and it was just interesting to me how like how that caught on and you had like a generation of people, you know, having Woodstock and we're going to put an end to war and and love is all you need and like mm -hmm. all that stuff. And then like, you know, not like 10, 15 years later, greed is good and we're going to destroy the planet, and, you know, like burn the rainforest down and stuff like that. So it was just kind of like something interesting in that to me of like, you know, 
like was that something that was that was always there or was it something that evolved and and i just started thinking about like rock and roll and uh and its power to influence people and and that's kind of where like the germ of the of the story was and uh and i had also been reading um a bit of uh william s burroughs who's uh was like a uh one of the beats in the 50s um he's most famous for naked lunch but i was reading another book called the yage letters which is about um similar to breath of shadows i, I think like the yage letters is is like one of the direct inspirations where like um you know he went down to um to that same area to find this uh, mystical drug called yage which hmm. um nowadays we, everyone knows as ayahuasca um and it's much more common now but um back in those days it, it was like very much you know the rumors of it were that it was like you know this kind of like miracle cure and you could you know it would free you of um your addictions and, and all your pain and stuff like that so he went down in search of it i don't didn't actually find it uh in real life but um you know uh the book is just pretty interesting it's not a perfect book it's definitely got its faults you know it's uh one of those books where it's like there's plenty of things in there that are like of their time hmm. so i'm not trying to talk about it as if it's like you know not um like it doesn't have its problems it definitely does but um what i tried to do was um come at some of those problems from like a more modern perspective like talking about like you know uh colonialism and and, and things like that and kind of the impact on of um like the west not just like rock and roll and culture but also like industry and stuff coming to a country like Mexico and and the changes that 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 happened there. So, you know, it was just trying to like give it a little bit more of a modern perspective. But um but that's basically like where the seeds of the story happen. Like and that all kind of went into my brain and fermented there for you know a few weeks and uh and slowly popped out. <laughs> so that's kind of that's kind of how I I find like when when people are like where'd you get the idea well it's like well i was thinking about this and i was thinking about that and then like i don't know like a month later like a light bulb went off and it, it, was, it was like i put it in the oven and it was like bing it's done <laughs> like here's the idea you know <laughs> so i don't know so yeah the inspiration for them are, are kind of all over the place well it, well not really but it's more like rock stars in the 60s who i was looking at and the jungle thing were kind of like two separate things i was looking at like uh to start with the rockstar stuff like for the like coming up with all the character designs uh the trick i did was and i, I learned this from uh i i i didn't learn it. I, I heard it in an interview with uh mike judge one time it talked about beavis and butthead and he said how he came up with the beavis and butthead characters was he was uh he was trying to remember he was drawing a picture of a kid he knew in high school and he drew the kid twice and one was beavis and one was butthead and he's like oh there well there's two characters and of drawn of the same person and i'm uh, like oh that's a that's a great way to do character design mm -hmm. so uh with this one especially the band i was i just started drawing these rock stars of the time that i liked and um and just uh 
not looking up any reference or anything like that, just thinking of what they look in my head and then drawing them from there. And, um, and, and yeah, so uh, that's how I kind of went that route. And, um, and as far as like the, everything they're wearing and all that, it was just kind of like going through my like record collection over there or uh, just Googling images of like, all right, Pink Floyd, but back when like Sid Barrett was there, you know, or uh, just like, like Jimi Hendrix in the, the uh, Jimi Hendrix experience. Like what, what was Mitch Mitchum wearing like in the background there? Like what is, what is Jim Morrison stage outfit like compared to, and just looking at all those guys and just get, uh, you know, basically ripping all that off. But um, as far as uh, like getting, getting to the jungle and all that, um, like I, I was looking at a bunch of things, but uh, but specifically I was looking at an illustrator. Uh, uh, oh, what was this? Uh, uh, is his name, uh, Fred, Frederick Catherwood. And uh, but he was uh, back in like the 1830s and the 40s. He went down to like uh, the uh, I'm gonna mispronounce it, but the Yucatan Yucatan uh, Peninsula down like in Mexico and all. Mm. And uh, him and this guy uh, uh, Jonathan Stevens. Uh, we're like kind of basically the first kind of white guys to get down there and stumble upon all this Mayan, uh, the Mayan ruins that are all down there. And, um, and like, but he was like an illustrator. He was a guy that just like was a, he was a lawyer, but he wrote books at the same time. And what he did, he came down with, um, uh, I want to call it camera obscura, but I'm not sure if that's the name, but basically this device that like with prisms, um, he sat it down, a mirror would like, get the image it would mirror on here and come down here mm. and he would basically trace these images and basically making them as as close to what he was looking at as he could and um because i mean it was another few years before they can get like cameras down there and all that um since they weren't you know invented yet but um <laughs> that's a trick <laughs> but um, <laughs> so a lot of the stuff on that um i was looking at a lot of his artwork and getting influenced by that for the jungle scenes and all that and also helpfully uh my son like i said he's six uh loves the jungle book and so the animated jungle book the live action jungle book uh like they've been basically running a loop at the house so i'll be like oh i see how they did this one. Oh, i gotta remember that. all right thanks bud uh, <laughs> you want to watch that again but like uh, it's like pause this for a second i'll be right back I that. Yeah, I, I know um, uh, Rich was looking at a lot of uh, William S. Burroughs, and uh, I'm, I'm sure he told you all this, like Naked Lunch and all that. Um, and that's kind of where he was coming from with it, with uh, this guy actually went down uh, on the run uh, and kind of found himself down in, I, I guess, South America or Central America somewhere and had uh, his own heroin. And then he kind of grew from that. And, um, and yeah, and so I was thinking of that, but I was thinking like other authors of the time, like uh, you know, like Hunter S. Thompson or like somebody like that, or uh, you know, and um, kind of kind of going from like picking up from here or there, just that whole like late '60s type mm -hmm. of like person that would be down there that like uh, it was getting like in the smack dab in the middle of the like the hippie movement and all that stuff, but you know, all like, but it might you know. It, for example, like uh, I remember one thing with uh, like giving them haircuts was uh, uh, not to give everybody like a very typical like hippie thing because like you know if you go look at like a footage from Woodstock if you look at the crowd there's a couple of people long hair but the majority of the guys down there have like short regular mm -hmm. haircuts and they're just you know regular yeah. people like they are today like they're in the middle of this movement but 
they're not they may there may be some of the cliches that you know there's like but it's kind of how deep are we in this this is five years after the movie so we all know it so we're all they're all dressed like that or is like we're getting into this and they still have the you know early 60s uh 50s mentality and kind of thinking of like which character is gonna be like this and this and like oh i'm rambling what am i talking about (laughs) (laughs) what are we doing I actually just finished the fifth issue. Alex is drawing it now, and I'm really, really happy with how it turned out. I think it's um, probably one of my favorite things that I've written so far. So as much like I, I kind of it's funny, like like I said, Road of Bones is like the first horror story that I wrote. And I feel like I was kind of like learning as I as I was going as far mm-hmm. as like what worked and what didn't in R and then with Sea of Sorrows is kind of able to like put all the stuff that I learned to use and learn even more. And I feel like kind of that's happened again where like, you know, I learned a lot doing the first two books and then this book is that much better because of it. I think if you're a fan, number one, if you're a fan of horror in general, I think you're going to find a lot to like there. I think if you're a fan of even like, non-horror stuff like like if you like movies like let's say like like the doors or you know um kind of uh if you liked uh maybe like once upon a time in hollywood by quentin tarantino like stuff like that like i think there's like a lot in there that that that's like you know a bit of like a romance about like that age and stuff that you know uh so i think people definitely go towards that if they're not into comic books, if they are into comic books and you liked books like maybe like um, Be Savage Shores by Ron V comes to mind is like, you know, I think fans of that would really like it. I think if you like, uh, you know, not that I'm comparing myself to either Rom or James Tinian, but I think if you like those guys type of work, you'll, you'll, um, you'll like uh, this stuff too. Cause I think it's, it's right in there, you know, right in that kind of like wheelhouse or like you know we're we're talking you know yes it's horror yes it's visceral but it's also about like deeper stuff. For people who who would be against it because it's a comic book is the majority of those people are like well I don't like superheroes like I, I just they don't get they don't do it for me that's fine um, but the fact uh, but this is it's but you know this isn't a superhero comic at all like it's uh it's and uh it's got a, it's more of a historical like thing mixed with it. it's history horror um it, i mean that's really what it is it's uh it's you know it's more about like these uh like this historical moment with like what was going on in music you also have archaeologists like and the type of things that they are running into you have uh like you know uh character drama with uh, these characters and they all what what happens to all them in this and um i mean it's basically I'd pitch it to anybody like, do you like horror movies? Do you like thriller movies? Do you like uh, adventure movies? You know, uh, go like the movie story. Do you like to read about adventure books? Are you know, uh, or do you like like? There's something you can probably pick out for this. But if I was gonna pitch it to anybody like, uh, if you're if you're a fan of uh, the '60s at all, and if you if you like Indiana Jones, then this is the book for you. Not to mention if you got a thing for bugs. <laughs> 
<laughs> when uh, Rich pointed out uh, the other day, um, he's like, "Yeah, this is the best book for people who like uh, rock and roll and drugs." So, all you druggies out there, please pick up. <laughs> don't buy, don't buy your drugs this week. Buy the book and then buy your drugs next week. <laughs> You can find me on, on Twitter and Instagram at rduek, that's D-O-U-E-K, and also my website is rduek.com. If you go there, you can uh, see all the stuff I've been working on, as well as sign up for my newsletter, which I send out once or twice a month, uh, with just a little bit of update on like the things I'm working on and, and you know maybe a little bit into the window, into the process of like how I, how I do things and how I approach them. So yeah, sign up and find me and reach out say hi <laughs> you can dig me up on uh, Twitter and it's uh, Alex Cormack 4 and uh, as uh, our buddy uh, John Lee's like to say I had to take out the other three to get to number four and I'm always looking to look out for number five and we'll meet in the alley someday but same deal uh, yeah, Instagram is just my name Alex Cormack uh, I have another book um, Duel from Bliss on Tap uh, a lot of uh, I get a lot of things in the pipeline right now um, so and, uh, I know I, I like in this week, I'm starting up uh, two new books that'll be out later this year. And, um, but I can't say anything about them, but they're going to be great. <laughs> I finished work early and we weren't allowed to leave early. So I was just sat there reading Sea of Sorrow with all the people around me. It was great. Um, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it's like, what are you looking at? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a. Uh... <laughs> that would be typical of me like someone come up what are you gonna be right as like a gory scene or like a dirty scene like oh this is typical yeah all right there you go <laughs> yeah yeah i think some people started walking towards me and the bit of csro where the body opens up and the giant mouth oh, yeah. <laughs> i was like yeah i probably put this down now <laughs> just wait for them to walk away <laughs> It wouldn't help if you flip the page back one. And it's like, oh, I'm looking at this lady being like getting kissed by this topless monster yeah. fish person. Like that, that doesn't help either. No, no, there's there's nowhere I can go with this. I just put it down. Just put it down. Yeah, yeah. 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 put it on this Archie comic and uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jughead, you've done it again. Yeah. <laughs>